0: And, you know, as I got my Bible there, you know. (laughs) Actually, there was another reason for it. Amen. Well, I'd like to ask you, please, if you would turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 20. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 20. And just as you are turning there, I thought that some of you might appreciate knowing that yesterday, our son, Pastor Jeremy, and his wife, Kirby, discovered and we discovered that they are going to be having a baby girl in February of 2017. It's a baby girl. I told my wife in August, even before we knew that they were expecting. I said to my wife when we were on vacation, I said, honey, when, when Jeremy and Kirby have their first child, they will be having a girl. She said, how do you know? I said, I just know these things. <laughs> well, before we get into the feast, here are a few appetizers. Why can't you take a turkey to church? Because they use such foul language. Well, at least Pastor Lisa got that. Here's another one. What happened? (laughs) Uh, What happened when the turkey got into a fight? he got the stuffing knocked out of him. (laughs) Here's another one. What did the mother turkey say to her disobedient children? If your father could see you now, he'd turn over in his gravy. (laughs) Why did they let the turkey join the band? Because he had the drumsticks. Why did the police arrest the turkey? I don't know. Why did the police arrest the turkey? They suspected it of foul play. What did the little turkey say to the big turkey? I don't know. What is the little turkey The little turkey said, peck on someone your own size. When asked to write a a composition entitled, What I'm Thankful For on Thanksgiving, one student wrote, I am thankful that I am not a turkey. (laughs) All right. Our theme, our theme today is a very simple but beautiful theme. We want to say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20, beginning at verse 20 and following, we discover many wonderful truths that inspire us to express thanksgiving to the Lord. Look at Matthew 20, verse 20, where it says, Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request? he asked. She replied, In your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Oh, yes, they replied, we are able. Jesus told them, You will indeed drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. My Father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. My friends, as we reflect upon the Scripture that we've just read, I want to say with you, first of all, Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your patience. Thank you, Lord, for your patience. And this truth comes out of the section of Scripture we just read, especially verses 20, 21, and 22. As you can see, the mother of James and John and her sons themselves were asking Jesus if the two young men could sit in places of honor Places of honor next to Jesus, one on his right and the other on his left in his kingdom. Were they asking Jesus to be on his left and right in an earthly government? Is that what they were asking? Because they did think that Jesus was going to set up some form of a government in some ways. Uh, Or the question could also be asked, were they asking Jesus to be on the right, and on the left in heaven. We don't know for sure all that they were thinking, but they were asking for a big favor. They were asking for special treatment and special positions. I'm wondering if we could just turn off the monitors on the platform here. Thank you. Jesus, Jesus had been teaching them and us not to get caught up. He had been teaching them not to get caught up with selfish desires, but once again they were focused on how they could benefit from Jesus. And the good news is Jesus was patient with them. He was very patient. He didn't blast them. Dr. William Barclay in his commentary says this. He says, The amazing thing about Jesus is that he never lost patience and never became irritated. In spite of all Jesus had said, here were these men and their mothers still chattering about posts in an earthly government and kingdom. He goes on and says, But Christ does not explode at their obtuseness or blaze at their blindness or, or, or despair at their unteachableness in gentleness in sympathy and in love with, with never an impatient word he seeks to lead them to the truth I was thinking of how many times in your life and mine we like James and John and their mother have also been selfish. Selfish with what we have asked from Jesus. Sometimes we have been selfish with our time, our talents, our money, and yet our Lord has been very patient, patient with you and me. Think about that. He's been very patient with all of us. Let's just together, together speak the words that you see on the screen for this first point. Together in unison, let's say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your patience with us. Again, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your patience with us. And just before we move on, I want to say a few things about James and John's mother. According to Matthew 27, verse 56, the mother of James and John was at the cross when Jesus was crucified. Some scholars have suggested that she she was the sister of Mary, the mother of Jesus, but no one really knows for sure. Now think about this. This dear mother asked Jesus to give her sons, to give her sons special positions in his kingdom. Now obviously, we parents want to see our children promoted and honored. That's natural, right? And we we want the best for our kids and grandkids. However, think about this. We have to be careful to encourage and promote our children into the areas where they are gifted and where above all else it is God's will for them to be in. Are you with me now? For for example, you you might want your son or daughter to be heavily involved in sports. You might be one that's hoping that one day your, your son is going to play with the Blue Jays and win the World Series. Or for those of you who are soccer fans or football fans or some other sports, you might be hoping that your son or daughter will one day be in the big leagues that you are especially interested in. Well, if they are, if they are naturally gifted in sports, that's good. But for instance, if they are more naturally gifted in music or technology, but they perhaps are not gifted in sports, don't, don't keep insisting. Don't keep insisting that they become a sports star, all right? Don't keep insisting. By the way, I'm saying this because at the moment I'm not aware of anyone in our church doing this because if you know me, you know that I don't. I don't try to get a message specifically to this person or that person from the pulpit. If I need to say something to you directly, I do. All right? But this is a principle that we, we want to live by. As my son and, and his wife eventually welcome the birth of their daughter this coming February, I will certainly be encouraging them and, and guiding them and praying, praying for their little girl, our granddaughter, that God will... Help her to develop in those areas that God wants her to develop in, that God has gifted her in. Amen? Amen? All all I'm saying here is encourage your child in their area of strength and giftedness, and that way your son or daughter will find greater joy and success, and the Lord will more likely better guide them in the ways that He wants them to go. Amen? And by the way, we were talking about thanking the Lord for his patience with us. You and I need to also ask ourselves. We need to ask ourselves, how patient are you and I with family members, with friends, with coworkers, classmates, neighbors, other drivers, By the way, by the way, this is nothing against you women. Oh, I, maybe I shouldn't have even gotten into this. But, but, but no, I just got to be honest. I'm kind of, kind of surprised how impatient some women, of course, no one from our church, no one from our church. But I am surprised how impatient women can be on the roads and highways. Isn't that right, guys? Oh, at least I have some supporters there. Don't any women stand up, please. Okay. How patient are we with one another? There was a man, there was a man who prided himself on being exceedingly punctual. It's probably not too many of us, right? But anyway, this man prided himself on being super punctual. He followed a very precise routine every morning. His alarm went off at 6.30 a.m. He rose briskly, shaved, showered, ate his breakfast, brushed his teeth, picked up his briefcase, got into his car, drove to the nearby ferry landing. Remember now, he drove by, he drove to the nearby ferry landing parked his car, rode the ferry across to the downtown business area, got off the ferry, walked smartly to to his building, marched to the elevator, rode to the 17th floor, hung up his coat, opened his briefcase, spread his papers out on the desk, and sat down in his chair at precisely 8 a.m., not 8.01, not even 7.59 a.m. Always he sat at his chair at 8 a.m., well, he followed he followed this same routine without variation for 8 years. He did it for 8 years until one morning his alarm his alarm did not go off and he overslept by 15 minutes. When he did awake, he was panic-stricken. He rushed through his shower, nicked himself when he shaved, gulped down his breakfast, only halfway brushed his teeth grabbed up his briefcase, jumped into his car, sped to the ferry landing, jumped out of his car, and looked for the ferry. There it was. There was the ferry, out in the water a few feet from the dock. He said to himself, I think, I think I can make it. I think I can make it. I think I can make it. And he ran, he ran down the dock towards the ferry at full speed, full steam ahead. Reaching the edge of the pier, he gave an enormous leap out over the water and miraculously, miraculously landed with a loud thud on the deck of the ferry. The captain, the captain rushed down to make sure he was all right. And the captain said, Man, that was a tremendous leap but if you would have just waited another minute, we would have reached the dock and you could have walked on. (laughs) Sometimes a little patience can potentially save you and me and others some unnecessary pain. Amen? Let's move to a second truth, and it is this. We want to say, Thank you, Lord Jesus, for providing us with salvation. This truth comes out from verse 28, where Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man. And no- notice what he says. Let's read it in unison from the big screen. Verse 28 in unison. For even the Son of Man, Jesus, Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. A ransom in those days was the price paid to release a slave from bondage. Jesus often told the disciples that he must die and uh, in the Bible verse, which we just read, he was telling the disciples and he was telling you and me why he would die. And it was to redeem or to free all people from the bondage of sin and, and eternal death in hell. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 to 20, tell us this. Do we have those on the screen? All right, here's, here's what it says. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life. God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom. And then referring to Jesus in Revelation 5 verse 9 it says, for you were slaughtered, referring to Jesus, for you were slaughtered and your blood, your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Across the years different songwriters have tried to capture the truth. The truth of being ransomed, freed by Jesus. For example, Julia Julia Johnson wrote the hymn He Ransomed Me. Here are some of the beautiful words from He Ransomed Me. First verse says, There's a sweet and blessed story of the Christ who came from glory just to rescue me from sin and misery. In he in loving kindness sought me, and from sin and shame hath brought me. Hallelujah, Jesus, ransom me. And then the chorus says, Hallelujah, what a Savior who can take a poor lost sinner, lift him from the miry clay, and set him free. I will ever tell the story, shouting glory, 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 hallelujah, Jesus ransomed me. George, Ruth, you probably know this hymn, don't you? Right? Second verse says, From the depths of sin and sadness to the heights of joy and gladness, Jesus lifted me. In mercy full and free, with his precious blood he bought me. When I knew him not, he sought me. And in love divine, he ransomed me. And then verse, the last verse says, By and by with joy increasing and with gratitude unceasing, lifted up with Christ forevermore to be. I will join the host there singing in the anthem ever ringing to the King of love who ransomed me. Hallelujah, what a Savior who can take a poor lost sinner, lift him from the miry clay and set him free. I will ever tell the story shouting glory, 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 hallelujah, Jesus ransomed me. Amen. Amen. And because Jesus ransomed us, you and I can now have salvation. We can have salvation. We have forgiveness of sins, adoption into God's family, the presence of God's Spirit in our lives, and the promise of heaven. Amen. And we say Glory, 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 hallelujah. Jesus ransomed you and me. And we say thank you, Lord Jesus, for providing us with salvation. Amen? Amen. Then thirdly, thirdly, we want to say thank you, Lord Jesus, for making time for people like you and me. Thank you for making time for people like you and me. This truth came to my mind from uh, verses 29 and following. We didn't read these verses as yet. Look at Matthew 20, verse 29. As Jesus and the disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind. Two blind men were sitting beside the road, When they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began shouting, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Be quiet, the crowd yelled at them, but they only shouted louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. When Jesus heard them, he stopped and called, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, we want to see. Jesus felt sorry for them and touched their eyes. Instantly they could see. Then they followed him. The Bible tells us Jesus was with a large crowd. He could have easily ignored the two blind men who were asking for his help. In fact, in fact, the crowd, the crowd with him shouted at the two blind men. The crowd shouted, be quiet, be quiet, keep your mouth shut. Now I want you to see, notice the beauty of verse 32 which says, when Jesus heard them, he stopped. When Jesus heard them, he stopped. In other words, Jesus made time for two forgotten, blind men sitting beside the road. On another occasion, Jesus made time for a man who said to him, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. Then on a different day, Jesus made time to save the life of a woman caught in adultery. Jesus made time for a lame man who had been sick for 38 years and was lain by the pool of Bethesda. Jesus made time to comfort Mary and Martha whose brother had died and then he raised Lazarus up from the dead. Jesus made time to to heal the right ear of Malchus, M-A-L-C-H-U-S. He made time to heal Malchus's ear, a man whose ear was slashed off by Peter's sword when Malchus and others went into the Garden of Gethsemane to arrest Jesus. Uh, Jesus took time to restore his ear. Now wonder. I wonder if Malchus, when he went home that day, I wonder, I wonder if he said to his mother or to his wife, if perhaps he was married, I wonder if he said something like this, if he said, Today, today I went to arrest a man named Jesus. And as I approached Jesus, one of his followers took a a swipe at me with his sword and he cut off my ear. Would you believe? Would you believe Jesus, the very person I went to arrest? Would you believe that he picked up my ear off the ground? He He reattached it. He reattached it to my head and my ear is now better than it was ever before. Amen, amen. Can you believe, very possibly said Malchus, can you believe that the man that I went to hurt actually healed me? I wonder if he had that discussion. Perhaps with his mother or his wife. What I'm saying, my friends, is Jesus made time for many people when he walked this earth. And now from heaven, Jesus still makes time for people like you and me. You can pray, I can pray. You can use words. You can use words like the blind man used and you can say, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. Or you can say, Lord, we have a family problem we can't fix. We really need your help. We need your intervention, Lord. Or, Lord, my son or daughter has a medical need which our doctor has not been able to solve. Our only hope is you. Lord, we look to you. We look to you. Someone else might say, Lord, there always seems to be more month, more month than money. We need some help, Lord. Or, Lord, I feel overwhelmed. I feel overwhelmed and, and I can't cope. Lord, I don't know for sure if I'm going to heaven. Can you help me, Lord, know for certain that my eternal home is in heaven? Psalm 86, verse 7 says, I will call to you whenever I'm in trouble, and you will answer me. Amen? So I say to us, let us express our thanks to our Lord Jesus for making time for people like you and and you and you folks up in the balcony, making time for people like our radio listeners. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And then the fourth truth I ask you to think upon is this. Thank you, Lord, for having the power, the power to help meet our needs. In regards to the two blind men, Verse 34 says Jesus felt sorry for them and touched their eyes instantly they could see and then they followed him if you're maybe using a new international version your NIV translation says Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes touched their eyes my friends We can express thanksgiving to the Lord for having the power to help whatever your situation might be today, tomorrow, and in the days to come. And may you and I, in our own way, say, Lord, thank you. So reflect upon these four truths. Thank you, Lord, for your patience. With us. Thank you for pro- providing us with salvation, for making time for people like you and me, for having the power to help meet our needs. Thank you, Lord. I received a letter this week from a young man in our church family who in his own way is expressing thanksgiving to the Lord and to us as a church family. Wasn't sure whether to read it to you, but then I thought, well, he, he addressed it. He addressed it to me and our church family. Here's what he says. It's from Kevin, Kevin Broomfield. He says, Dear Pastor Nick and church family, I would like to start by thanking everyone for your prayers during a difficult time in my life. For those who do not know, I was diagnosed with atrial fibrillation, AFIB, which is a type of arrhythmia or irregular heartbeat that could lead to blood clots, heart failure, and other related complications. Although atrial fibrillation is a common problem, It usually affects older individuals and is less common in individuals my age. I had been struggling with the issue for the past three, four years, but did not have the courage to do anything about it. There was something about having people poke around inside my body, my body burning areas of my heart that did not sit well with me. Like most people, I had never been a fan of doctors or hospitals, so believe me when I say I had exhausted all my other treatment options. Between my wife booking massage and acupuncture appointments and pressing me to join her in her yoga class to help alleviate stress and my mother looking into different vitamins and supplements to help strengthen my heart, Nothing seemed to be working, and my symptoms were getting worse. I had stopped playing basketball with my friends. It was a chore to walk up and down the stairs, and I was getting angry, frustrated, and to be completely honest, a little scared. People at work would tell me I looked out of breath. I wasn't able to sleep at night, and previous methods of calming my symptoms were no longer working. Just getting off the sofa, My heart was going off as if I had just finished running a marathon. It wasn't something I could cover up anymore or live with. In essence, I felt as though I had no choice but to have the procedure done. In preparation for the procedure, I was put on blood thinners for 30 days prior. On the day of my procedure, my wife drove me to Toronto General Hospital. My parents were already there waiting. As you could imagine, I was in no rush to get there early. As I lay down waiting for them to take me in, my brother Robert, my brother Robert had stopped by before going to work. He just wanted to make sure that I was okay and talk to me for a little. That meant a lot. A few moments later, Pastor Nick had come in with my parents. I think he was under the impression that he was going to assist with the procedure or something. (laughs) Because, Because he kept telling the nurses and anesthesiologist that he was available to assist. We have more than a pastor, ladies and gentlemen. We have a nurse, doctor, and comedian rolled up in one. Honestly, I was waiting for him to ask the nurse where he could scrub in. <laughs> I uh, I told his mother, I told his mother and, and father after reading this. I I said I did not know Kevin it can be so humorous. <laughs> anyway. I guess he's still referring to me here. He says, aside from his aspiration to be a medical professional, he was a great blessing to me and my family, and he kept us well entertained. When the doctor finally arrived, he asked me how I was feeling and continued by explaining what was going to happen. Just before I was wheeled out, Pastor Nick asked everyone if they could hold hands for a prayer. At first, the doctor was talking to a nurse to ensure everything was taken care of. When the doctor noticed we were about to pray, he came over and joined hands with everyone. That was very comforting for me. I started to have a sense of peace. I wasn't really as concerned as I thought I would be. The procedure lasted approximately three and a half to four hours to complete. It has now been over five months since my procedure, and I am doing very well. (laughs) Amen. Although this is not a guaranteed permanent fix, I have not, I have not had any more symptoms, and I feel much better. I would like to thank my family for their love and support. Did you hear that, family? I want to thank my family for their love and support and everyone at Rosewood Church that kept me in their prayers. God bless you all. Amen. Broomfield family, why don't you stand wherever you are today, Broomfield family? Yes. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. We give God thanks for Kevin Broomfield's expression of appreciation and gratitude to the Lord and to our church family. Whoever we are, may you and I be able to say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, because great is your faithfulness. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the many different ways in which you help us and you bless us. We've obviously talked only about a few here from this portion of Scripture. Thank you, O God, for the many joys and privileges that we have. And on this Thanksgiving Sunday, But not only just today. We want to make it a regular part of our lives. We want to live with a spirit of thanksgiving and praise unto the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.